Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. So last time on Dungeon Ball Z, bad shit happened, sort of, but kind of, but not really, but sort of. <laughs> we left off with Taraxis saying hello to Shadow and, <laughs> and Leaf, like, being, being very, <laughs> very, um, Leaf, how, how would you like to describe... Or hats, how would you like to describe Leaf's uh attitude near the end of last session? Uh he was definitely being quite dodgy, but I feel like it could all be summed up with the words Leaf played with fire and fire played back. So we're going to jump right in with Taraxis being a creepy motherfucker as he usually is. Hello, Shadow. Hello, um, what are you? I'm Taraxis. And uh, what is a Taraxis? I'm not a Taraxis. I am Taraxis. You look like a Taraxis to me. I do not see more than one of you. There is only one. Okay. But what are you? Someone interested in watching the exploits of those such as yourself. I, I do not know what you want. What does this mean? I'm just someone you're likely to run into a time or two along your path here. You've met up with some of the others that I'm following, so I think we'll probably have some interactions in the near future. Oh, you stalk people, yes? <laughs> and so we'll keep the rest of that conversation for another time in the meantime what are the rest of you doing it's still like the same night as all that other shit right yeah she ran into Rax into Taraxis as y'all were deciding who was gonna watch and who was going to sleep oh right Right. Uh, so then I, I think the short answer is that we're just kind of packing it in because um, we need to settle down for the rest of our adventures. I know most of the party or most of the caravan is uh, super thankful that people have been miraculously healed and uh, Leaf's distraught. You know, Brock's been through some shits. Riley's going insane. Um, so I guess just uh, some uh, rest. Yeah, basically, I think um, Leaf is trying to um, do his best to not think about the fact that something's telling him to burn his friends. 
<laughs> Brock is either going to be meditating or uh, keeping watch, whichever is his responsibility currently, because I'm sure we came up with that at the end of the last session, and I don't remember what watch Brock's got, so he's he's doing whatever. One of those. Okay, so y'all are all resting then? Yeah. So who's on watch when she goes back to camp? Brock. Then when she gets back at camp, she'll just walk up to him and she'll like lean in so she can kind of whisper in his ear. And she'll be like, uh, Mr. Leonhard, I do not wish to alarm you, but you should probably know that there is a Taraxis in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brock would kind of, you know, look up at you and kind of give like a small sigh and be like, I, I see he's spoken to you too then? Oh, yes. He he likes to talk too, uh, but uh, I do not know about this creature. I, I, I have not studied none of these before. And uh, I do, he just, he is talking. <laughs> um, he... He likes to do that, I suppose. Um, I am not too sure about him myself. Okay, well, you should watch in case he is up to no good, okay? Uh, I I assure you I am already doing that. Okay, then I will go to bed. Uh, well, good night. And she will just let the little tattoo fly off her arm and... Oh. Okay. There's a... Uh, since I actually haven't seen this from the outside, what does it look like when she does her room thing? Like, to me. When she goes in, it she kind of just uh, fades into shadow for a moment, and then that shadow fades away. Okay, so there's no like visual presence of the room at all for me. The butterfly stays behind. Okay, and it it like goes and it finds a small dark spot and stays there. Okay, Brock's probably just walking around camp. Nothing else will happen tonight. In the morning everybody would uh, come awake at whatever appropriate time and uh, the caravan I think would be on its way to Thorn again unless there's anything y'all would like to do before heading out I would like to point out something because due to the way my class features work Brock's appearance has changed slightly oh what is this uh, you would you would notice that when Brock shows up his skin over time has been kind of getting a little more earthy you would, you would notice that a little more earthen. So now it's a tad bit more earthy, uh, kind of like a more thick layer of maybe stone or something on him. But he has uh, tiny crystals growing out of him now on like his arms and like his back and chest and stuff. What color? Yellow. Kind of the same as his hair. Brock, excuse me. Do you, uh, I've just happened to notice this, uh, th- this morning uh, do you do you need to shave or something? You seem to have a little extra. Is it chiseling for you? Brock, Brock would kind of look down at the uh, the change that he would you know kind of assume you're talking about. He would say, "No, it is." Um, you kind of think for a moment, and just kind of like you know, kind of look off to the side like he's thinking, and he'd say, uh, "A manifestation of my powers, I suppose." Oh, it's like you're growing. Um, well, 
every morning when I meditate, one of the things that I do is create a layer of earth, kind of like armor on myself. And, well, uh, I suppose this is kind of part of it now. Interesting. The earth uh, seems to be growing when I uh, gather it on myself. Radley just like reaches out and starts poking one of the crystals in your arms and says, is it, is it uncomfortable or? No, I barely feel them at all. I see. Hmm. Well, congratulations on growing. <laughs> thank, thank you. And he just, uh, he'll chuckle and be on his way. How many uh, days of travel do we have left? I forget. One and a quarter, one and a half, thereabouts. Okay. Um, are, are you building up any, to, uh, up to anything else during our travels? Are you going to kind of skip ahead until we're there? Uh, unless y'all want to do something, I wasn't going to have anything else happen during the last day of travel. Okay, then um, uh, showcase some of his own uh, quote-unquote growth to <laughs> Brock. Um <laughs> <laughs> This is going to make Robin so happy. This is, this is for you, Robin. Uh. Man, I realized what I was saying about halfway through it. And yet you still said it. Well, I wasn't going to back down. I'm no bitch. It's not like I could derail this any more than anyone else already has. Just continue, continue unmuting myself. Okay. So, um, either during uh, Riley's own like um, uh, training exercises, or even if there's a moment to uh, engage in another uh, brief sparring match, um, the big thing that Riley seems to have learned, maybe from his last encounter, is mostly just a follow-up attack. Um, as I've described before, his combat style has been very precise. He focuses on uh, dodging attacks and countering in like one swift motion. But um, due to the level up, he actually has uh, he has access to a second attack um, per round. So uh, it's at this point that he kind of understands the blade a bit better. And after his uh, primary thrust or his primary stab, a follow-up flourish um, delivers a uh, secondary attack. And uh, he's proud to showcase that if Brock is willing to uh, engage in another sparring match to help him kind of hone in on it. Yeah, Brock would certainly spar with him. He's always excited to do so. Yeah, yeah. So then I, I'm assuming we like break for camp or something just to take a breather from walking and uh, to keep the uh, blood flowing and uh, to keep ourselves on edge, um, engage in a bit of sparring. And uh, Riley will just kind of explain uh, where he's at with the blade at this point and um, using Brock as a non-lethal uh, pincushion so to speak really hone in on doing a follow-up attack after his primary thrust <laughs> uh, well due to the fact that the last time he fought you you were probably a little slower due to the fact that you were only hitting him once you would actually probably land a lot of hits on him because he probably wouldn't be expecting a second you know kind of like out of nowhere attack you know as fast as you can so you probably land some hits on him although you would yeah, notice I, when you do hit him it's yeah it's, it's uh, a lot harder to punch through his dr is now six yeah 
Uh, so all the earth and rock and crystals aren't just for show. They're actually solid. Yeah, they're like I said, he forms a layer of armor on himself. So it's it's hard to get through. Great. So it's a uh, learning experience for the both of us. Did you get any uh, real quick? Did you get any new fancy anything or is it just like you're beefier now? Uh, I mean, my dexterity went up. My constitution went up like when I have like the crystal things on me. Mm-hmm. That's my elemental overflow, which just gives me like stat bonuses, basically. So my constitution and dexterity are both increased by two when that's up. Oh, so you're technically faster and more accurate at throwing rocks. It's it's it, I'm, I'm channeling my inner earth to uh, to get more precise at throwing earth. I also have uh, it would it probably wouldn't come up in that fight, but I can do uh, a 30 foot tremor sense kind of almost at will now, basically. Oh, was it only like 10 feet before? No, I had the uh, that 60 feet that I could do twice a day. Oh, that was a swift action. This one is a move action, but it's only 30 feet, but I can do it as much as I want mm-hmm. to. I see. So actually, Brock might try, because it lasts a full round, Brock might, at some point during that, try to fight you with his eyes closed. Yeah, that's cool. You, you would notice he's slower because it takes his move action. He would be fighting you like with his eyes closed, like blinded almost. Cool. So yeah, we can definitely do more of a, uh, a training focus thing. So like Riley can help guides you through, uh, I guess, blind fighting and getting in touch with your tremor sense. And you could be a good target for his uh, secondary attack. Hey, I'm a good target. I'm good for something. <laughs> so proud of you. You've come a long way. A slightly more effective training dummy. <laughs> Great. And I, I mean, of course, while we're sparring, anyone else is welcome to watch or hang out or join even. I was tempted to chuck a chisel out of the window of the wagon when you guys were talking about shaving. But I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Leaf is hiding right now. Oops, something exploded in my kitchen. Be right back. Shadow is mostly scouting ahead and trying to just kind of avoid Mr. Goldthrush since he was giving her such awful looks the night before. Uh, (laughs) When we get close to uh, Thorn, though, before she goes inside the city, she will pop back into her room. She will lose the hood and face piece uh, and will put on her robes, her priestess robes over her armor. Yes. Uh, so, so Leaf, Leaf, you're you're cowering more or less in your uh, uh, in your cart. I wouldn't go so far as to say he's cowering. He's he's more like shutting the outside world out and like maybe like meditating or something like that, looking inward so he can tell the fire that what it's doing is bad. Okay, make me a. Uh... Make me a will save and a diplomacy check. Well, that's a natural one. But don't worry, I'm sure my diplomacy will make up for it. That's a 14. Um, do you want do you want to use any mana surges anything? I don't know what this is for, so I'm just going to say no. Okay. So I think partway through the day while you're meditating, you kind of enter this 
a very deep mental state where while you're more or less aware of uh, your physical form and whatnot, your consciousness pulls away from it and you are in a sort of a void. You're aware that it's not truly empty. This is a place in your mind. There is you sitting there, eyes closed, and across from you, uh, there is the flame, which you're attempting to chastise? Bargain with? Bargain with? Okay. Yeah. Listen, flame entity, I appreciate the help that you've given me with the aberrations, but I see what you're nudging me to do, and I, I can't condone any hostile action against my companions. They're good people, and they're helping me. While you're sitting there, the uh, the flame begins to spread, not in a violent fashion, but it, it, it almost creates like a ring around you, and... It lowers itself and burns higher. You begin to see these visions through the various facets of the flames. You see beings that you're both familiar and unfamiliar with doing actions that you seem like some of them are overtly destructive and evil some of them are seem you know relatively innocent or in good heart but you see as things creep along that ultimately uh things are torn down around these simple actions and how they leave everything in ruin or they cause more harm than good and it shows you for example it it shows you Brock, in some way you've never seen him, but Brock is fighting against you. And it shows Shadow and Riley both fighting against you as you wield its power to destroy evil. They are trying to stop you from destroying something you know is truly evil that will come have nothing good come of it. Are you trying to say this is this is my future? Uh, The fire, as you can tell at this point, does not seem to speak with words. It shows you a path, like a very literal path um, ahead of you, wreathed in the silver fire. Several vague entities stand along its path, roiled in shadow and vague edges. They're They're not clear. They're undefined but you definitely get the feeling that they are something that is so detrimental to existence and the way that things should be that along this path many things must fall and it shows these like echoes of your allies and they they walk parallel to the path but outside of the flames Well, this surely can't be the only path before me. If whatever it is you're leading me to do, whatever evil you seek for me to destroy, I'm sure they can be convinced this isn't the the only way things can happen. 
Uh, it shows you another vision. This one is a little more metaphorical, it seems, but it shows you drawing them in to the flaming path so that they stand more clearly and uh, defined far more so than those other entities that lie in the path. And, and they're like generally unscathed? Yeah. Then maybe that's the path I will seek. But in the meantime, uh, outbursts like the one with Taraxis, uh, the situation was under control and moving of your own accord whenever I'm trying to talk, that's only burning bridges. Uh, the fire will swirl around, but once again in a great ring around you, but pillaring high into the void above, a singular vision uh, begins to unfold around you. Taraxis stands, almost seeming to step out of the flame towards you, but you can see a trail, a, a tether reaching black back into the flames. A strange, almost shapeless mass of roiling chaos and darkness and bone and teeth. Just this massive roiling figure that seems to almost turn in on itself and change. You feel as if it is... This is perhaps a glimpse at Taraxis's greater form, perhaps. And it is nothing but chaos and darkness. It's just like his, his eyebrows shoot up and he, he just looks at the shape for a second. And it is all the way around you. It seems very nearly omnipresent. And several other of these tethered Taraxis seem to start forming and surrounding you, Leaf. So this is what he is then. I've, I've had suspicions. And this, this chaos seeks to do harm. He... He saved my life. Are you saying that that was all a means to this, this end? The Taraxis will... Taraxises? The Taraxapodes. The Taraxapodes uh, all vanish in a burst of silver flame. And now there's a smaller vision to be held. It shows three small children. You can tell that each of these are separate visions, not horribly far from one another, uh, as they seem to be undergoing a similar storm. One of the child children dies in the storm from the storm another has some foul entity looming over it and the storm sweeps it away and it washes ashore on a small bank where it is found and raised the other by means of luck is left unscathed and then the other two fade away and you are left with only the one that was seemingly by chance or by chaos rescued from the clutches of a monster. I see. Okay. Maybe maybe I should help you in in this cleansing. Ultimately what Taraxis is leading us to is going to cause this great harm. 
you might not be wrong, but indiscriminate action, anything that causes harms to my companions, I, I won't cooperate. If we're going to, to work together towards this goal, this uh, purification of the world, making things right, we need to be working together. He just kind of like stands up from his seat at this this table and uh, he like le- leans forward, like one hand on the table and then he reaches like the other one out not quite as as like gesturing for like a handshake but just kind of like reaching towards the fire says we're going to need to cooperate and I think we need to be on the same page as far as how things are going to go the flame will approach you envelop your hand and you'll feel for a moment a searing but relatively narrow pain and as you look down at your hand after this, you notice that the veins throughout your hand now glisten as if made of silver. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted at all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he, he just kind of retracts his hands, or his hand at the, the sign of the pain, and... Uh, the pain is fleeting. And he, he just kind of, like, looks at it and... and he, he backs away from it, uh, you know, away from the table and um, says, uh, then I, I trust that my my friends will be safe. Then you can count on me to cooperate when uh, the need arises. Uh, it does not answer further. I guess he tries to wake up from his meditation then. You come back to greater consciousness from your meditation and uh, you find you haven't moved, but indeed there are silver bands uh, set within your skin where your veins once laid, and they feel warm. Seal uh, kind of stand up from his, his meditation, and um, you know, first concern is uh, he's hoping the flame didn't get up to anything when he wasn't looking. So like, I don't, checking for like scorch marks or whatever in the wagon there are none yeah then then barring that he's just gonna uh i guess pop open one of the shutters and uh see if he can get line of sight to any of his companions uh i feel like uh brock is constantly jogging so he's probably the easiest one to find uh if you're actively on the road at the time then he he kind of like holds up his his silvery hand to uh, block out like the sudden change in light from uh, interior to exterior and uh, absolute darkness to almost darkness. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I always forget that like we're <laughs> we're like tidally locked. Yeah. Dang it. I, I get it, man. <laughs> the, the starlight or whatever. I don't know. Stars are too damn bright. That <laughs> blinding moon. <laughs> Anywho, uh, but, but yeah, so he'll, he'll just kind of like put up his hand and uh, glint of silver on Brock or no? That's that's what he's looking for. You don't currently see any glint of silver on Brock. And he just... And he breathes a sigh of relief. 
it's okay, I can do this. And, uh, you know, he, I guess he's, he's gonna, like, roll down his sleeve or, like, try and make, like, a glove or something to cover this up. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, he's, I guess he's, he's just kind of gonna try and find Riley as well and scarce a glance at him and just, just make sure that everything's peachy. Uh, are you getting really close to them when you do this, or are you staying at a distance? Uh, well, if he's he's not gonna like stop Brock when he's he's like jogging around, so I think he'll be satisfied. Uh, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, he's just kind of like seeking out the three main companions that he's got here, and to just just verify whether or not the the flame is still marking them for potential hostilities. Uh, I think you would notice when, because if you get really close to Riley, um, you would notice that there's just a, the slightest glint. It's just a reminder, basically. But uh, it's not it's not glaring or glowing like it was before. Okay, and uh, he just like I, I don't know where he he like breathes a sigh of relief, and then he's just gonna clap Riley on the shoulder and just say good good okay we're good uh, Riley go ahead and make me a perception check I can do that uh, that's a 13 okay so uh, were, were you being stealthy about your observation uh, with Leaf I mean maybe about the actual observation itself but like I said, he's just like clapping him on the shoulder, like out of nowhere. So that would have for sure been obvious. Well, yeah, that that part would have been. But uh, go ahead and give me a stealth during your observation. Oh yeah, uh, twelve. So uh, yeah, Riley, I think like you're trucking along, and you notice like you look down and kind of out of the corner of your eye, see like leaf like peering around the corner of the cart at you and just like looking really hard before like like sighing and then like emerging fully and being like oh hey bud uh riley like that puts a hand to his face and like tries to wipe off maybe something he might have on his face as leaf approaches how's the uh how's the ride going uh are traveling companions getting along well as far as I can tell, yes. Uh, spirits are high, considering all that have happened. Uh, tell me, Leaf, do I have something on my face that I'm missing? No, no. Uh, I, I just checked, and you're fine. My, my face is fine. It just continues patting you on the shoulder. <laughs> yes, you're, you're A-OK. Nothing to worry about. Riley slowly nods. And says, okay, are you okay? Yeah, be- much better now. I, I think uh, whatever it was that was wrong earlier has been resolved. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, Leaf, are you saying you feel better in my company? Especially now. Riley just like looks over to the hand that's still on his shoulder then looks back up at Leaf and says, I see. Um, Leaf, I don't know how to put this to you, but I am spoken for. You understand? You've met her, actually, in the past. You, you've got along <laughs> with her. We went out to eat, actually, the whole lot of us. Uh, he, he just kind of, like, 
retracts his hand as if you burnt him just now. And he's, uh, oh, uh, no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> Riley just begins laughing and says, I'm messing with you, Leaf. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just lay, I'm going back in the wagon. Leaf, you're very cute when you're embarrassed. <sighs> so uh I guess he's he's just gonna kind of like retreat and then uh open the rear doors of the wagon. I I don't know, like where is Brock jogging? Like like directly adjacent to the wagon or is he like doing laps around it? I don't I don't think he's fast enough to do laps around it. I think he's just kinda jogging next to the carts. Because he's only got a speed of 20, so it's not like he's he's really outpacing it. Then I, I think uh, Leaf would probably just, like, find an opening around the, the wagon, whether it be, like, the rear or, like, one of the windows, and he would just kind of, like, hang out and, uh, like, BS with you as, as you're, like, jogging or, like, spritz you with water if you need to cool off, I guess. <laughs> what, do, what do you do when people are jogging and you're just like riding in a car next to them he would be like offering refreshments or whatever he's got like a, like a lemongrass cocktail or something that he's made does it have lemon pepper in it yes it's it's uh lemon pepper on the rim of the glass yeah there we go it's just lemonade with pepper <laughs> there's nothing wrong about lemon pepper but yeah, I, I think he'll he'll just like hang out at the back of the wagon with the doors open and uh, just just kind of chat. Well, I, I noticed uh, you were sparring with Riley earlier. How goes the uh, what, what is it swordsmanship in your case? I, you know, you like to throw rocks. Um, and in in my case, swordsmanship it's it is not really my style. Though I am trying to get slightly better, I suppose. Marksmanship? Um, he would he would think back to his past fights and he would say it is it is still lacking. It it could always use improvement, I suppose. Well, have have you tried perhaps uh changing your training from solely cardio, maybe working on and he he just kinda like puts up his, his fists and kinda like a fake like play boxing pose and he's like maybe working a little agility uh do you do you have something that uh you could recommend <laughs> just w- what if as you were jogging behind the wagon i took my quarter staff and i tried to swat you um so you could work on movement and combat and whatnot while you're jogging next to the wagon I, I have not seen this technique used before, but if, if you think it might work, then I'm willing to try it. Then then that's what I shall do. I, I guess I, I, I will take my mind off of uh, the, the previous day's events by trying to uh, to beat Brock with my quarterstaff as he jogs behind the wagon. I suppose I will try to not get hit. It's like, it's like whack-a-mole. He's just trying to bring it down on my head. I mean, I'm I'm not a sword fighter. I I don't know anything about this, but uh, I've seen it in a play once. In a in a play? No, no they were sword fighting earlier. Now you're just wielding your huge stick at him. 
Oh god. Yeah. So it's actually really interesting. The the name of the play was Brocky Balboa. Uh, so the main <laughs> character actually had your name. Which is what made me think of it. <laughs> 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 that may be the worst joke I've ever told. <laughs> From the front of the cart. Did someone say Brocky Balboa? I love that play. <laughs> it's so inspirational. Brock would kind of look shocked as he's never heard anybody else sharing a name with him. He would say, I did not know that someone else shared a name. I would love to meet this Brocky Balboa. <sighs> <laughs> he sounds he sounds like quite an inspirational fighter. Indeed. Is he uh simply a work of fiction or is this based on a real person? I believe he was based off of a warrior of legend, one with absolutely mighty endurance. And uh what was his line from the play? Uh if you can dodge a stick, you can dodge a punch, and then he just like swats you with the staff. <laughs> 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 okay, second worst joke I've ever told. Then <laughs> I guess commence the training montage. Great, now, uh. now Brock aspires to meet the legendary hero, Brocky Balboa. <laughs> I need to put that in my notes. We'll get you posters, maybe a t shirt. It'll be great. You decorate your room, you know. Brock requests that you, uh, at some point, tell him the tale of Brock Balboa. Yes, of course. There's a reason I have perform oratory. It's to tell stories just like this. Okay. Y'all continue on. Uh, scouting ahead, Shadow, you would eventually find that uh, y'all are soon to arrive at Thorn. Okay, so, like, when she gets within sight of the city... She'll stop. She'll go in her room. Get her um, robes. Get her robes. Yeah. Uh, she She's still wearing her armor. Her robes just go over it. Uh, and then she will come back out and find a place to sit down and wait for them to catch up. Okay. So, a while later, uh, Riley, Leaf, and Brock, you roll up on her, like, sitting in the middle of the road. Shadow? Yes, would you like to help with Brock's training? <laughs> uh, okay. What do I have to do? If she, like, walks toward the wagon, like, it'll help her get into the wagon and, uh, just say, uh, here, you take this and he hands her the quarter staff, and then, uh, he helps her aim it and he says, uh, we're trying to teach him how to dodge attacks in the event we come across another group of beasts in the roads like we did the other night. I think this is uh, helpful in addition to his sparring with Riley. And uh, so this is to help him dodge whenever something's trying to attack him. And so, and then he just kind of like bobs the end of the quarterstaff and he's, we're, we're jabbing the staff at him to help him learn how to dodge. So it makes him a better fighter if I try to hit him with the stick. Well, yes, practice makes perfect. You people are strange, but okay. Think of it as a kind of sparring, I, I suppose. Leaf, Leaf said this is this is the training regiment of the the legendary hero 
Rocky Balboa. She will swing the stick at you, I guess. I think what we need to do is we need to have three quarter steps and three people all doing this at the same time to power level him. I do not I do not have a quarter step. I have a scythe. I can swing that at him. I think that might be a little bit too dangerous for now. Uh, I've, I've hit him quite a few times, and uh, so he, he still needs his practice. But if he gets cut, he will learn very quickly not to be in the way of the scythe. Uh... I think we'll stick with sticks for now. I mean, he just kind of like winks at Brock, I guess. <laughs> I got your back. I mean, Shadow looks really like she's not like, I mean, she looks probably athletic, but she's not like big or anything, is she? She's not like huge and scary. Because if so, I mean, Brock would uh, seem unconcerned with the concept of being hit. She's only, she's only uh, five foot seven. Uh, but to give you an idea of how scary she, she does or does not look, she has a uh, modifier of two on strength and four on dex. Yeah, then, I mean, he wouldn't be super concerned. I mean, he wouldn't say, like, yeah, you can stab me. But, like, <laughs> when, when like, Leaf kind of, you know, like, gives him, like, that, yeah, I've got your back kind of look, he just kind of shrug. Like, I, I mean, you know, he's, he's not scared of being hit with a, a bladed weapon. <laughs> So, oh, and uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know you were scouting ahead. Is there a reason that you came back to rejoin the caravan? I did not. I just sit down to wait for the caravan to catch up because town is right there. Oh, I've just been so busy whacking Brock. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> but I suppose if you were having fun, then it is okay. And do you whack many people? Uh, I don't have much excuse to no. Uh, and then he, he just kind of points a thumb in uh, Box's direction. He says, um, when when whacking needs done, I usually rely on him. <laughs> <laughs> he does look very strong. It would, it would still be wise to be proficient yourself. As, uh, you never know what situation you could be in. Okay. We're uh, going to... Con- continue beating Brock to the uh, tune of Queen just just kind of like idle conversation while while we're participating in the wackening um, <laughs> so, so, so Shadow um, is, is there a reason you travel so far ahead of the caravan I, I understand scouting's important but uh, I mean it's, it's hard to get to know everyone whenever you're always so distant well, what is there to know? I, I told you I am uh, the priestess. I am uh, the invisible blade. There is nothing else to know. Uh, of course there is. Uh, how much lemon pepper do you like on your pancakes? And uh... <laughs> I, do, I do not think uh, that we put lemon pepper on our pancakes. Well, uh... <laughs> this this is something that I've picked up from uh, from Riley, and uh, I I think you might enjoy it. But uh, with you scouting so far ahead all the time, uh, it's it's hard to get a note for everyone's preferences. I think I've traveled with Brock and Riley enough that uh, I I can pretty much make dinner and uh, the other meals throughout the day according to their preferences. But I, I feel like I've hardly had a chance to speak with you. At the temple, we uh, we eat uh, pretty plainly uh, because there is so many to feed. So 
you know, I can eat anything really. Uh, I, I ate very good food at grandmama's house, but uh, she, she is rich, you know, so. Well, the road is hard. And I think uh, one of the expenses we can certainly spare is, is on food to make sure that people eat well. Perhaps one of these days you can help me in the kitchen. Well, I do not know how to cook much. Uh, but I guess I could try. I think so. And uh, we, we might have an opportunity to uh, restock on supplies while we're in this town, hopefully. Uh, so perhaps we'll have a good opportunity. You should see when you go to the shopping. There is uh, this cheese. It is made on the shadow plane. So it has kind of an odd color, but it is very, very good. And it tastes very good with dark wines. And it would be a nice little treat for everybody. It's from the Shadow Plane. Do yes. they do they sell it locally? Well, many things get traded between the planes. Um, and I know that uh, this, this stone city, it is uh, not too far from uh, the large city in the Shadow Plane that uh, Grandmama lives in. That is the reason she was in area, yes? And uh, so there are people there that uh, they specialize in trading goods back and forth between the planes. So it is possible you may find some. Just brightens up a little bit of that. It's like, I, I think uh, we should look for it at the next chance we get. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, let's see what this new town has to offer. She jabs the stick at Brock again. So indeed, uh, you see the lights of the wall sconces from Thorn ahead as you all get in on beating Brock in a circle. <laughs> Why are we all circling Brock with giant sticks in our hands? <laughs> Go ahead and make me perceptions as you approach the town. 26. I got a 17. I have 10. All right. Riley, you notice that it looks like they they beat Brock a lot. He, he's, he, he's probably a little tired. He can't he can't go much longer. Uh <laughs> Brock, you you would you would notice that there are more lights than there were previously, as well as out in the surrounding area of the town, there are occasional points of light where it looks like perhaps stones or some such object have been imbued with the light spell and tossed out to light up a wider area area around the perimeter of town uh you also would notice this shadow and leaf you notice that the battlements of the the town wall are fairly well staffed you see at least one person every 10 to 15 feet or so uh some of them seeming to move about as if on patrol others keeping a pretty keen eye out and that the city uh, gates are currently shut. So um, then I, I guess climb out to the front of the wagon and get on the roof and just kind of like wave our hands over, call out, hello. Uh, you would see someone wave uh, and the gates, uh, you see the gates shift a little, but it's not until the group excuse me it's not until the group grows closer that uh they actually swing open 
And as you get closer, Leaf, uh, you see a good deal of these people up on the wall begin to shine with a silver glint. Oh, well, that's bad. I'm sorry. Did you say something, Leaf? Uh, no, no, I, I think we're okay. Okay. The gates open. You make your way inside. Leaf, I have a feeling uh, that you probably keep an eye on these people as you move through. Am I incorrect? Hey, yeah, I, I guess he's, he's like looking to see how intense the, the glint gets. It, it's it's pretty strong. Of course, nothing nearly as severe as Taraxxus, but uh, it, it's it's there and it's not subtle. And these people otherwise look pretty normal. They they aren't like eyeing you like a piece of meat or anything like that. Um, some of them do watch you like that. They seem to be very diligent. But uh, other than that, uh, nothing seems to stand out as like, these people need to die now. Is there anything that they've got in common? Like, are they wearing some other clothing or? Uh, They're all wearing armor and some of the armor has common make to it. Some of it doesn't. Uh, So it looks like, I mean, they look like town guards, honestly, like the way they're kitted out. But no like sigils or anything? banners uh no no nothing in particular okay he'll he'll make like a mental note and just kind of do that thing where you're like writing by and you just swivel your head to to look at someone he'll just kind of look worried i guess go ahead and give me another perception that's a 14 never mind (laughs) don't mind me as soon as they're like inside the gates Shadow would jump down and go over to one, one whoever's the nearest town guard, because like she's here for a purpose, right? And she, uh, excuse me, uh, Mister Town Guard, yes. Hi, what can I do you for? Okay, I am looking for a man that is the KL. Do you know KL? Hmm, don't know anybody by that name. No, not the name. It means that uh, his skin is colored like mine. All right. A uh, couple of fetchlings around town. Okay, that is not a nice word, okay? It is KO. But uh, where can I find him? Well, depends. Uh, you got any more description? Why are you looking for them? Uh, the grandmama say that the Kale man and Thorn knew about the dragons in the shadow plane. Okay, so you're looking for the trade. For for the what? The trade. It's a uh, uh, it's a shop. It's down okay. on the south side of town. Uh, it's amidst a bit of a lower end of the living quarters, but it's got weird. Uh, Weird veiny metal uh, built into the sign, so it's hard to miss. It's just called the trade. Okay. Thank you, good sir. Uh, You're welcome. And she will go back up to where the others are. Uh, Mr. Gotras and Mr. Moheim and Mr. Leonhorn. Yes. Um, The shadow has to go to the south side of town 
Where did she find you later? Well, I think that's the uh, best place for us to revisit while we're here and the safest place for us to bring the caravan to shore up for our stay will be the uh, stacked dish. There's some people there that we need to see again. Okay, where is that? Uh, Riley, like, looks across town a little bit and just, like, points in the direction that he remembers the inn being at. Okay, and uh, one more question. Which way is south? Yeah. Well, Riley, like, looks up and then, like, shakes his head and then says, um, Leaf, Leaf, you have the answer to this one. He just kind of points out north, south, east, west. Then she'll take off running south. Well, I hope she doesn't find danger. Weird is it, one, that is one is. It, is it wise to let her just... He would kind of look as she runs off. Run like... Run away like that by herself? Would you like to try to grab her and drag her back? Well, she was also one of the people chasing monsters into the woods. Uh, so I'm inclined to believe I think she can take care of herself, at least for now. Yes, hopefully there's nothing to uh, fear or be concerned about here for the time being. But if you are concerned, Brock, by all means... Um, I'm more concerned about bringing these people to a uh, welcoming place. He could not catch up to her if he wanted to. And uh, just kind of nod along with Riley and pretend that he had, he's, he's content to let her go by herself. Yes, in Great. fact, none of you could because she has mythic speed. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Once again, we return to the 20 foot movement speed. I couldn't catch oh. anyone if they ran from me. Perfect. Well, you you could because you you could just run longer. Like they'd tire out eventually, and then you'd just catch up like a zombie. I never stop. Is this the town that we did all the werewolf stuff in? Yep, where at? But yes, yeah, that's right. Where uh, we're at. And speaking of which, as y'all make your way further into town toward the stacked dish, go ahead and give me perceptions. Bad at these. I got another 14. I think uh, the Brock and Leaf would both take notice of a certain thing that I will get to. But uh, Riley, you start to notice signs early on as you are making your way through. You see guards standing around, usually near alleyways. There's a lot of guards. Uh, and some of them hunch in strange ways or seem particularly thin. And as you keep going along, you eventually notice that there's a shift to the guard populace where uh, they they stop looking quite so thin and hunched and clad up in armor. And you see more people uh, that are like they look like normal guards in like padded cloth armor and stuff, you know, not as not as well armored, but still something standing around uh, and you would notice also that there are that in between this shift there are specially placed sconces which uh, both uh, the other two would notice as well you would notice these sconces uh, that seem to burn it's not like magically a different color it looks like they've added some sort of material to make it kind of have like these yellow and green flecks to the flame as they burn uh, and there's that that difference there, uh, and they give off a sort of a uh, a scent that's a little bit like it's a little sweet. It's got a little bit of a pungent edge 
to it as well on the underside, but uh, it, it definitely has this scent that wafts out from these sconces. Or they would be braziers, I think, actually. But uh, yeah, as you make your way to the stacked dish a few streets later, uh, you would notice none of these strangely standing individuals. Uh, Brock's going to lean into Leaf as they notice the braziers. He would say, those those were not here last time, were they? Strange fire? No, I don't think they were. Certainly strange. What would make fire burn like that? Uh, craft alchemy or knowledge nature. Can nature. That's my specialty, but also in that one. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Well, a, a 15 would be enough to know that they're they're likely uh, adding something like powdered uh, powdered copper and maybe a few other materials. Uh, the scents are likely caused by herbs that are added to the flames uh, and possibly infused oils. Is there like a practical purpose to doing that kind of thing? Um, such things are often used to cover fouler scents. Uh, as far as the color... Um, not particularly a practical purpose. Um, there might be a magical reason for doing so. You're not sure, uh, because you don't really necessarily, uh, focus a lot on arcane magic. Uh, but I focus a little bit. You focus a little bit. You can, you can roll an arcane, uh, oh my God, you're not not sure. (laughs) Just, hey, um, hey, I would just like to, uh, if Leaf brings this up, Riley now has one rank in Knowledge Arcana. Can I roll uh, it too? Ooh. Sure. Yeah. It's been around with you fucks long enough to have picked up a little bit, I think. <laughs> That's a 13. <laughs> uh, like, stuff like this is sometimes used in magical spells, but not like this, as far as you know. Like, you can't think of anything where they would just need these big-ass braziers spread around town to cast a spell. Um, it's like something they would do small scale, like in a bowl or in their hand, even as they were casting. So, so this almost feels like showboating. Almost like it's there for a reason you figure, but you're not sure why. As far as the scents go, they can be used to uh, cover up worse smells or they can be used to mask scents from another area uh but other than that maybe some sort of signal you're you're not sure well let me follow up if i may with a uh request for a uh maybe a knowledge local either to identify the reason that these are being used in this way and or to uh get some insight on the collection of guards that seems to have stood out to riley since this doesn't seem to have happened the last time we were here all right okay cool that's a 19. Okay, so you've seen or at least heard about somewhat similar practices in some places where like such colored flames, usually magical in nature, but it looks like these people are making do with what they have uh, that dictate like this is the entryway to like another ward of a city or another section of the city that is uh, distinct. Uh, but these certainly weren't here last time. And with a 19, uh, you can tell that those guards that were standing around earlier, uh, due to their posture and their thin nature, they certainly weren't human, but 
they were also fairly well armored uh and they had kind of like elongated heads so uh you get like a you get a suspicion I, I won't say that you're absolutely sure but you get a suspicion that there may be more were rats around than last time you were here great then uh armed with that information of course like riley will uh whisper the deets to his good buddies he's going to uh very quickly tell them to watch his back as he'll meander from the caravan a little bit to strike up a conversation with um probably one of the guards standing nearby not one of the like super scraggly ones but it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the the you know the perfectly human with like padded armor or anything um, somewhere in the middle is fine just to gather some information he's just going to ask these questions directly he's going to say we haven't been here in some time notice some things have changing, changed like the amount of guards around and wow those flamey things are certainly new what's that for okay uh, go ahead and give me a diplomacy yeah fuck that's 18 <laughs> that's that's good yeah could have been better <laughs> so uh you guys like oh uh, well uh yeah, I'm afraid you're in for a surprise, and I'll ask if you're not sure, if you weren't aware of this, please don't act out. We've, we've got a pretty decent piece going on here. Um, a lot... Okay, so the brazers are important. Those indicate to the rat guard, which I'll get into in a minute, those indicate to the rat guard that this is a section that they're not supposed to enter. Uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, it's probably better to ask the rat guard ex- exactly what that's about. Now, I'm not entirely sure I understand it myself, but that that's there. It's a it's a type of a sign for them. It also supposed to cover up some sense or something. I'm not entirely sure once again, but a lot of the elder guard near the outside of the city, they're uh, they're were rats now. Um, there was apparently a, a small group of were-rats here in the city um, prior to everything going to shit. Um, and they offered their services and their curse uh, as a means of protecting the city when the raids started coming. So some people volunteered uh, and we have a lot of much more powerful hardier guards that help defend the city uh well as the rest of us mostly deal with the crime and whatnot still here within the city itself uh Riley just kind of like blinks a couple of times and nods and uh says that's fascinating i suppose it makes sense you mentioned a rat god no no, no not god 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 like i'm a god Rat guard. Oh, you see, I'm not from these parts. The accent threw me off. My apologies. Yeah, the rat guard is what we refer to as the, well, the force of were rats that are um, protecting the town. Interesting. And everyone's comfortable with this sort of thing. You said you have a good bout of peace oh, going on. I, I wouldn't say everyone's comfortable with it, but it's a hell of a lot better than us all being dead. I suppose that's true. People who ain't comfortable or aren't capable of being out there with them they stay here in the inner city uh and if they need to make transit through uh the rat guard makes way for a little bit uh except for the uh uh the 
the their captains. Their captains are apparently not affected as much. So, uh, like I said, I don't really get the nuance of it. But uh, they've kept us alive, and frankly, that's that's good enough for me. And uh, Lady Catalinia, she's uh, she's she's accepted them and and given them her blessing. So there's not much we can say either from that perspective. Um, out of game. What was that woman's name? Catalinia. Which, uh, with your local check, uh, I'll yeah. just roll it over. That, that's the um, Baroness. Okay. She, right. She's the local noble. That makes sense. Great. Well, that's a lot of information taken. Uh, Riley will engage briefly with him in small talk, just as uh, you know the the caravan is meandering on their way. Before um, he'll like glance over, say that he has to run and go to catch up with everyone to once again spread the sick sick uh, deets about his conversation with the party Brock is going to ask you uh, if he divulged any more information about the race that they needed the rats help from uh, Riley will uh, shake his head and say I didn't press too hard I didn't want to lose track of the caravan um, but once we get all set up we can certainly follow up on certain tidbits of information see what's actually going on here maybe these raids would explain why the walls are so heavily guarded there's some threat out there yes I suppose it could be a similar sort of situation as um, Gira that's a uh, devilish threat I guess for a lack of better terms is preying upon innocent people and leaving them in need of Riley just kind of gestures creatures like the were-rats. So how how much of the guard did they say were, were were-rats? Enough to quarter off sections, at least. Sean can explain further <laughs> if he'd like. <laughs> uh, he, didn't, he didn't give, like, any number or percentage or anything, but you noticed when you were coming in, those who were standing in, like, with these strange uh, stances and whatnot, uh, you kind of have had your suspicions confirmed, assuming now that they're were rats. Uh, there was a outside of that barrier where the where the brazers were. There were a lot of them. You, you'd say at least two thirds of the guard. Those are the ones that were like silver, right? Yeah, and there were a lot of like silver, silver burning people uh, on your way into the city. There's less here. There are still a few, but there's less here, and it's less intense here as well. But you said there was peace, that they're they're getting along, they're they're not hurting people. Well, it seems from the my conversation with the one guard that the were rats are protecting this community from the outside threats. How far that's actually going and what's going on behind the curtains and what's going on that he's not telling me about, that's debatable. Uh, I don't know if you know how cities function but a lot can happen behind closed doors and in dark alleys maybe when we get to the uh, the inn we can ask Mr. Bourne about it yes we need to check in with him anyways now I'm more concerned about his and his daughter's situation however I would like to stress that our first priority given the circumstances uh, here have changed would be securing our caravan as safe a passage as we can get them back to their home. I agree as well. 
that uh, that should be our main priority. We should make uh, the people here aware, as some of them wanted to stay in a more safe place. They may want to be aware that the place that they may be choosing to stay is, uh, well, yes. Let's get to the inn. Let's settle up. We'll have a talk with our passengers, and then we'll um, hopefully try to vet a worthwhile, maybe, um, band of hirelings to escort them back. Maybe. Yes, maybe. All right, so you make your way to the inn, uh, and we're going to go flash over to Shadow, who, with... Are, are you actually, like, using your full speed to move? Or are you just like? Oh yeah, yeah. She's 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 like that is normal to her now. So like she's just getting there. All right. So like you hear several people like shout after you, and uh, would take notice that there are a few people that begin begin chasing you. Although they fall behind relatively quickly, they they do seem to uh, move a bit faster than your average person and are trying to catch you. Uh, some well, like, of them if she, take to if she sees somebody chasing after her, she'll stop and turn around and see what they want. Okay, so you see a few figures uh, chasing up to you. One of them, by this point, had already climbed up to a roof and was chasing you there. And these uh, rat-like people uh, charge up to you. Their weapons kind of like half-drawn uh, and ready. And they're like, the hell are you doing? Why are you moving around so fast? What you running from? I, I am not running from anything. I am running to a place. Where are you running to? Uh, the, the trailer, it is a place. The other guard said that it was in the south. This is south, right? From the gate, yeah. Yes. And uh, there is a man there. He is a Kaol man. Do you know Kaol? They, they have dark skin like me. They kind of like look at each other and, and shrug. The one on top of the roof will jump down. Uh, you can tell that this one is a woman and she begins to sheathe her bow and her rat-like form will begin to uh, kind of start to shift and she becomes a pale-skinned woman with dark hair. Oh, that is a neat trick. I think I know what you're looking for. I can help take you there. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes, I do not know the city and... Uh... Well, I do not know if the people here like Kale or not, so I had to be careful. Most people don't even know the term. They're going to call you Fetchling. That you is ready for that? That is the word. Regardless, they don't know. Some people are stupid. The other three kind of like start grumbling. She like waves them off and they'll start heading back to their posts. And she'll, uh, she'll extend her hand. Uh, name's Snow. I, I am the uh, shadow of the silent seven. Nice to meet you, shadow. The trade's this way. Yeah. If you kept going down the street straight, you'd be off a bit. Follow me. And she'll start making her way down an alley. And shadow will follow her. She seems to be very good at navigating the town and quickly leads you into a pretty crummy looking part of town as far as it goes. There's a few people that as she's walking along, like she like kind of hisses at and like they skitter into other into like other alleyways and whatnot you must be a very strong woman the people here are scared of you a lot of the people are scared of us 
It is it is good to see a woman who is strong because so many times they just sit in corners and cry and I don't understand that. Well, that's not everybody. And these days, the weak either get protected or they die. Yes, I, I have to protect people, especially people who are traveling because uh, that, that is what my God says. And it's good that you've got a nice God like that. Anyway, this is the trade. Looks like, and she'll like lean in. Looks like it's closed. Do you do you know the man who runs this? No, not personally. Well, I suppose uh, maybe I could write a note and put it under his door, and maybe he will find it. Maybe. And uh, go ahead and make me a perception check. Twenty-one. So you would notice, like, just across the the little street here, uh, a door is kind of like ajar, and there's someone peering out of it. Who is that? Do you know? She looks back. No. Uh, but she starts walking that way, and like the door like like closes shut, and you hear like. I guess she will kind of scrawl out a little note, uh, which her note will make more sense than her speech because she will write in Aklo since she knows okay. she's writing to a kale. All right. Uh, to leave under the door, being like, basically, I'm looking for you. This is where I'm going to be staying. Please come find me, <laughs> you know? Uh, you would, while you're writing this out, you would hear her like knocking on the door in the back. And. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception check with a minus five. At uh, twelve. All right. So you hear like her like she knocks. Somebody shouts something unintelligible from inside. She shouts something back, and she's like, "Come out here!" And uh, there's some stuff, and then you just hear the door get kicked in, <laughs> and there's like screams of fear. I think she'll kind of go peer around, try to see what's going on. Uh, like you turn around and she's she's walking into the house and like uh, it's like it's like a tiny little thing. It's like a shack more than a house. Uh, she goes in, they're screaming, and this portly old man with wiry hair and kind of like misshapen face, slightly on the left side, is, like stumbles out and is just like. Like, get it away from me! Get it away from me! And she comes walking back out of the house behind him. Uh, are you gonna do anything or just watch? No, she's she's not trying to stab the guy or some shit. I'm, I'm just gonna watch. So she comes she comes out behind him and he's like trying to crawl away. Um, and she'll she'll grab him by like the the back of his shirt and lift him up. Like, she doesn't look all that strong, but she's obviously got some uh, boost in there. Uh, and, and she tur- turns him around. It's just like, and now, if you will please answer my damn question. And that's it for our episode. Hi there. My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. 
I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian. I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He, he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. Well, 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 these are the city slickers they send me. Asking for wine and a pretty glass. How about that? I mean, I, I did ask for the wine, but not exactly the pretty glass. Do you dig the graves yourself? I do. Seems tiresome, especially as of late. I've heard you had a few new arrivals. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit weird lately. Uh, I'm not complaining too much because most of these people that wind up dead, they're ain't too much left to bury, so I don't even have to dig a full grave. As this collides in with him, his neck shoots back in this contorted position, and it says, I am the vanguard of the ancients. And then causes his entire body to explode, sending just pieces of gore and viscera across the entirety of the tavern. There's just stunned looks on everybody's faces except for the man in black who is currently still playing his guitar. LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the fantasy Wild West and features orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D wherever you get your podcasts or head over to lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those too. Tune in to the podcast for the Untimely Dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.